podcast. Come on! Is he having a laugh? Are you having a laugh? Chow dear, chow dear, it's chowder. Say it right. Chowdell. the animals. Welcome to Tales from the East End, episode 134, and it's me, Gary P, and of course, the prof, Carl Riley. Mind the gap. We're very, very happy today, and this week, because we set a task, remember those three games ago, we said how important those three games were? Against the black and white, against, black and red shite. Yeah, against the black and red shite, and we've accomplished our task, so uh, we're still sponsored by Ocean Electrical, fantastic sponsors everything electrical all your electrical needs please get in touch with us or get in touch with them and google them and uh yeah they're just all around great guys so uh, yeah we're going to talk another dublin derby win and uh there's an interview with rovers fan phelan warren and the new live audio described commentary service and lots more prof the clean sweep as we have Referred to it now, uh, mm-hmm. first clean sweep in 30 years, I do believe. Yeah, since 1989-90 season. Over the shame of Dublin, it has been a fantastic season. Um, yeah, so we're going to move on to the 25-time Cup winner scarves for sale. And have you seen these? Yeah, they're lovely. There is a serious amount of detail gone into these. They are beautiful. So check them out on the site. They are really, really nice and... Um, has to has to has to go up in every bar possible, every rover, she being bar, everything. Really, really nice. So over six hundred copies of the Milan program already have been pre-ordered for home delivery as well. So get it before it's sold out. Only four quid. So is there a ma- is there a cap on this, prof? Uh, I'm not sure if there is, but uh, I suppose you'd be best getting it as early as you can. You don't want to be disappointed. Yep. But uh, it's a real collector's item, isn't it? Hundred percent. Yeah, it's gonna be. Um, it's is it gonna be a bumper program or is it gonna be the usual? The usual. It's a bit of a bumper, yeah. I I wrote an article as a two pager about Atlan versus AC Milan, the famous mud on the shoes, Del Piero against against those for Juventus. Uh, you were reading that there a minute ago, weren't you? All yeah, all fantastic stuff, and all of this can be helped with our useful. Italian class that we hosted last week <laughs> on the show. Two misconceptions actually. One, one is that they're the only ever two League of Ireland versus Italian club meetings. Limerick also played Torino in the Cup Winners Cup. Yeah. So if you want to know about that, check it out in the Profs article. Another misconception: I often read that Trapattoni was manager of AC Milan in that game in 1975. He was actually only in the coaching staff. We only commented about that. Like it's 1975. He was a coach. <laughs> Dude was old. 
Yeah, so, yeah, get it before it's gone. Because they will sell out. So the new Ultras forum is up on the Rovers chat and check it out. Um, what was the problem? There was a problem initially. Did it go down for a while? I was down for ages, yeah. Yeah, so it's back up anyway. But all of the chats aren't there. Possibly not there. But listen, it's still a place for all the old schoolers to go and chat about Rovers. Uh, yeah, it's it's non-existent anymore really, isn't it? Because it's, it's pretty much died a death. Might as well call a spade a spade. It's unfortunate really. I still rather it was there though. Yeah, I still rather everyone was kind of commenting on it. But listen, it's not to be, unfortunately. But we're going to try and keep it alive. So check out the new forum. Let's bring it back. Controversial stuff now, Prof. Alan Manis voted Player of the Month for August. Well, this has split the Rovers fans right down the middle. That was the toughest one to call so far since you started this award, isn't it? Pico for me. It's between Manus, Pico and Joey. Uh, I would have gone Pico, yeah. Well, no no offence to Joey, friend of the show. But, um, yeah, it was Pico all day. It's just he did so much. And it was just an epic month from him. Same, the same with the rest of the lads, but just they, Pico edged it for me. Well, people tend to remember sort of highlights, don't they? So, you know, Al took a penalty and saved the penalty yeah. in Europe. So that's what's fresh in their mind. Yeah, I just think Pico's all around, all around uh, contribution was just stunning. So he was nominated for the league's player of the month as well. Who else was in that one? Did you see? I can't remember the other nominees. He has to take that one home as well, doesn't he? The, the salmon return, by the way, Gar. <laughs> yeah. I noticed that on Saturday. He had the old salmon diving header. He's unbelievable, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, Pico also appointed the new chairperson of the PFEI. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. So I think Lukey Bourne is involved in that as well, so it's he's, good. He's one of those Stephen Rice, Gary Shaw types, isn't he? Oh, so we have Pico, uh, who's the head of the PFEI. We have Noel Bourne, who's the head of the league. <laughs> We're top of the league. We're just running the roost now at the minute, aren't we? By the way, how does Sligo feel about Noel Bourne now? Probably love him. Yeah, definitely, yeah. All hail Noel Bourne. <laughs> So we'll move on to our home game versus Waterford, originally scheduled for September 18th and has been moved to the Monday, the 21st. That's four days after Milan, so hopefully no European hangover. And we'll be true to the next round, bruv. What are you thinking? I think you're dreaming there, but <laughs> let's dream, why not? What is it? Facci Sognari. <laughs> so the nerves going into the derby, prof. This is the most nervous I've been in a long time. I actually, the night before it, I work at night and I got home at about 6 slept till about 8 kick off was at 2 I wasn't sleeping thank god this game was at 2 o'clock could you imagine hanging around all day until 8 o'clock for that bleeding game to no, start I was dead by the end of it but it was um, yeah it just all week as well I just kept going through permutations what could happen what might happen the the the, t- t- the thoughts of losing and being at a point behind or the thoughts of winning and being five ahead. Like oh. the margin was so the contrast was so great between the two different results. Yeah. It was crazy and the nerves were just Every, everyone was dealing with the nerves in their own way. People were waking up and remembering what what underwear to wear and what the right socks and all. Yeah. Robbie Gaffney <laughs> Robbie Gaffney a little candle with Tom Hand. Remember the priest he talked about before? <laughs> yeah. So Robbie got even back into the religious swing of things. Yeah. But the nerves were absolutely atrocious. It really was, and couple of a uh, couple of shandies to to calm the old nerves. Aaron Green's Bowes pre-match interview as well. Now I love this, love this yeah. one. His chat with you was fantastic. He's my favorite person to talk to. I must say, for so that, for so the media. refreshing, isn't it? Yeah, 
Just always, how, always on the money. Always interesting. Yeah, always bang on the money, and um, re- bit, really bit of humor as well. Mm. Like it just ideal person to interview. Yeah, he's really really good. Compare that to the Bowes players' comments last year, talking about our desire and all, and we've beaten them every time since. Yeah, just don't focus on us. Talba has said that. But uh, as Aaron said, fans are no fans. These games are massive. And you could, even though it was an empty ground, you could still feel that it was a massive yeah. game. And, uh, There's a bit of bite there between players, a bit of tension. You could see yeah. that throughout the game. Greener, Greener worked his bollocks off in this game. Gary O'Neill looking down on yeah. Buckley. Some people uh, dropping Greener for a derby want their head examined. Was I one of these? Yes. Until I think I talked you out of it. Yeah, no, yeah. no. I think I was testing you. Because I was like, <laughs> I'm going to drop Greener. And then the prof agrees. I lambast him for it and then I really it was like oh. surprise didn't really oh, drop that, him that, that okay. didn't really drop him no I think I put him back in I put him back in yeah. so we had Paggio and uh, Derek Penn there on air sport that was actually a really good crack yeah he was uh, he was throwing the digs wasn't he plenty of shots fired at yeah. one stage I just thought to myself when is Paggio going to gouge his eyes out <laughs> when is he going to just leap across the table and this is going to really kick off that's what I was waiting for yeah. that would be a good scrap Two tough men on the pitch, Pender and Pajo. There was kind of a weird narrative going in the week before, though, wasn't it? Because you heard, well, some of you heard the Daddy Lambert on Cody's podcasts. Others, once I heard about, it, I was like, I'm skipping it this week. But it was a weird vibe of oh, poor Rovers after drawing AC Milan, poor Rovers, cup champions, top of the league, unbeaten. I think I- it, there was just so much buzz around balls. And that a lot of people thought they were going to beat us. That that's kind of what the narrative was. But isn't that just how propaganda works, isn't it? You you keep saying it until other people believe it. You keep saying it until you believe it yourself. Do you know what I mean? Hmm. So um, that's that's pretty much what it was. Overall, I think maybe the interview was kind of blown out of proportion, possibly, as regards to shitting all over us. Um, they definitely did try to and. When when I heard what Collie said about like the fans and stuff like that, I before I heard it, I thought it was worse than it was. It's it was nothing really. They're just a it's a grain of sand, isn't it? Mm-hmm. They're nothing. We put them back in their box, gear. Yeah, they're well and truly back in their box. Danny their Matt. organic box made of Guatemalan hay. <laughs> Danny Mandrew's eyebrows not clean off. He was yeah. extremely well groomed. I'll give him that. <laughs> that was the most groomed man. Yeah. He was groomed to death. He was like one of those corgi puppies that they <laughs> prim and prop going into the into the dog competitions. He was groomed to an inch of his life. Oh man. And I I can't imagine that was his decision now, to be honest. I'd say he was experimented on. And uh the Daddy Lambert again, he was uh he I think it was a him or John John Sullivan, I think it was him, the claim that we were gonna lose out on millions because we drew AC Milan and it wasn't away from home and we've no TV rights. Yeah. This is this is Dan Lambert, European club football expert. Their first time in Europe in eight years. Meanwhile, our board, who have actual experience of Europe, got on with things and he was actually called out on this. Mm. So, yeah. Listen, the big boys were in town. We know, we know how to act when, when, when the European toys come around. But the thing was, I could only imagine them in the, in the studio... There was a me- like loving was outrageous. Um, yeah, it was just it, there was a genuine dislike for Rovers in the room, and like James, like he said it. He said he doesn't like Rovers. 
John O'Sullivan, James O'Sullivan, he said he doesn't like Rovers. Like it's it was blatantly obvious. He said he'd never give them. A, I think what is the only money he'd ever give Rovers. You know, it's there's a blatant dislike for them there. Carly doesn't like them because he's pals with with Lambert. I do like John though. Uh, I did until I learned that he's just he has major Rover Rovers bias there. So he's gone out the window. I did like him before that, but you have to hold that in in account now. You have to remember that now. And I didn't think he was like that. I will always give him credit for that game at Tom and Park. I think it was back in 2013. And he wrote a whole piece on him in the 42.e. How he went out his way to welcome Rovers fans. And actually treat us like humans. Which should be a default, but amazingly it's well, not. That was nice of him. Yeah. But just, the vibe I got off him there was that they were just wallowing in this supposed bad toy that we've gotten. And they were delighted that it, 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 we weren't, we weren't going to be exploiting it you could say poor Rovers yeah but the Dublin playing AC Milan I know yeah it's shocking uh, Bowles Dublin bus prof have you noticed this I did all I can say is I better not see this thing passing through the hotbed of talent that is coming because yeah. I won't be getting on it there'll be no wheels <laughs> I'd rather walk I'd rather walk on hot coals I'm not getting on one of these buses you couldn't could you you couldn't sit on that thing you'd be sitting there like a scalded child just that- if that's my last bus before work, I'm not getting on it. No, no, we're going. I'm, we're I'm going. Late. Nice walk. It'll be a nice day. I'm going Absolutely in. torrential rain. Going in late and be like, yeah, I couldn't get on the bus. So. <laughs> but uh, someone said we had a Lewis full of advertising in 2009. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, but then it was pretty was, cool. Nobody said there was spray paint. No, definitely not. Don't mind him. <laughs> um, yeah, so they must have. Um, Bowes one nil. The big derby, Northside shame. They came to Tala and um, the propaganda machine that is Bowes uh, nearly beat us, as they mm. said, because they are the nearly, men. the nearly men of Dublin. But it was 1-0 to Rovers and four changes from the cup toy. Finn Scales, McInef and Green coming in for Marshall O'Brien, Watson, Williams and the squad depth mm. once again helping us out here. Um, uh, big, like- big changes, but all well-capable players. I was only listening, got around to listen to LOI Weekly yesterday and their their whole pre-match analysis kind of went out the window because they were talking about exploiting Joey and Ferrugia with Bo's pace in the wings and then neither of them started. And uh, Bradley pretty much said afterwards that he he shaped his team to deal with the pacey wingers of, of Twardick and Grant. And just while you're talking about that, can we just say how... Now, this went under the radar, but can we say how good... Now we'll talk about all the players. We have to give them all their, their kudos. But one in particular, I thought Lee Grace dealt with Twardek fantastically. I yeah. thought every time he ran at him, he ushered him out. He did everything in his power to not give him that bit of pace. And he was fantastic up against him. I think they double teamed him. But every time, Grace just seemed to get the better of him. Now, that's just my little fanboy moment. We'll get that out of the way. I have plenty more to come. <laughs> but that's just who I, th- who I thought was fantastic up against a threat that they... Diagonal balls all day. That's what you're looking at. Kick it out to the winger and run. Swing it in and see what happens. There's your game plan. Tell me it's different. Mm. What did you... Did you see anything different? No. No, I didn't. Leinster Senior League still. No offence to it. Works in the Leinster Senior League. It does but, work for them though. Uh, yeah, true, true. If that's the way you want to play football. But uh, the, the O'Brien scales decision, that was an interesting one. Because, Huge. Because Joey was on the bench. And he didn't, didn't even warm up at half time. So, so is there an injury there? That's what I'm thinking. It sounds like more of like a 50-50 call. Where well, Brazzer was 
ended up maybe leaning towards scales because of the pace of of yeah. Twardick and, and Grant. And maybe you can't not put Joey on the bench. It's the influence as well. It's the aura, mm. isn't it? Just seeping out from him. Having Joey on the bench yeah. is a big thing. Even though he probably won't play and he is injured, you can afford to put him on the bench because we've got so many subs. Well, but the, having him there is a big thing for players, isn't it? Well, believe it or not, uh, the most vocal person on the ground, I have it in order. <laughs> I have ranked them, right? Okay. I'm actually, top what? Top how many? This shows you how loud these people were considering I'm putting Joey third. He was barking orders. Joey barks left, right and centre. Who's second? Joey was barking orders. He may as well have been Brazzers' assistant. In the <laughs> I'm putting Ray Senior second. Ray Senior? Yeah. Giving out about his lamp, wasn't he? <laughs> and number one, I'm going to give... Let me guess. Uh, Let me guess. You know what this is. Has to be the whack. No. Nope. He's a bit away from me. Maybe I couldn't hear him, but uh, now Berkey's dad. Berkey's dad? Very vocal, man. Really? Yep. And give us a, give us a little taste of there. Well, a lot of it was support of Berkey. Right. So no abuse. But there was there was giving out as well. Yes, give us some of that. Get out of the club. <laughs> the no fans factor as well, Prof. Yeah. Horrible, 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 horrible situation we're all in. And now that might sound like a first world problem, but that's what we're here to talk about, football and what it involves. And at the moment, no fans of football is a shit show and it's horrendous. It's not nice. It's a first world problem, realistically, but it's something we have to talk about because it's a derby with no fans. This is the force of its kind, am I right? Yeah, I mean, you think you'd it's be a, used to it by now, but because it was the first derby, like you say, it did feel especially eerie. Is it unprecedented? It is unprecedented. <laughs> is it but, uh, surreal? <laughs> you're trying to change the buzzwords now? <laughs> so I told you who I thought the most vocal was there. Justin Mason showed down to me, said that he's going to go home and vacuum the house. <laughs> I, I like people who use the correct lingo no, here. Appreciate that. Joe's Joe's isn't getting an autograph now. Yeah, <laughs> he, he was asking for one. We had a, a headshot ready from. Not a chance. If he's vacuuming the house, he can fuck off. <laughs> Hoover in the gaff. Vacuum the house or Hoover the gaff. Right there we go. We're gonna put it out there. We're gonna have a poll on Twitter. It's actually good. Is it vacuum the house or Hoover the gaff? These are the real questions. This is a south side, a north side thing as well. I'd say. But uh, plenty of flags in display, which is great to see. Uh, the R.I.P. Alex one, I believe that might have been the, the first outing for that one. Uh, very nice, yeah, I saw it in the south uh, stand. Holy shit, the video of the giant 12th man flag just swaying on the seats. That was epic. It was dead, wasn't it? The lads are really yeah. pulling it out of the bag now. Loads of photos being sent in from where people were watching. Tipperary, Melbourne, the, the Willows and Dundrum flags hung up so it was cool to see where people were watching and who they were with and stuff because obviously they couldn't go to the game Ronan Finn prof massive landmark achievement for him congrats to El Capitan and uh, 300 appearance for the club so a big big win and a big occasion and landmark for Ronan Finn so congrats to the Artane Assassin and uh, yeah great stuff he is uh, he's transformed his, his game as well as he's gotten older. So it's it's great to see that he can morph into something that's needed at, at wing back and it's not somewhere where you ever approach him. And let's let's remember why he left Rovers possibly in the first place to go to mm. Dundalk was because he was playing out wide on a nutsy. Speaking of which, Nutsy during the game actually harped on about this, apparently. Uh, I didn't didn't see the game on TV but Was he massaging his own he, ego here? He kept saying that Finn is wasted on the wing 
Oh, he kept... Seriously? Patrick you played him there. Pat Fenlon, the man who played him there. And then Finn left for Dundalk, probably for that reason. <laughs> I have to listen back to Just that. Just no self-awareness from Nutsy here. Yeah, we, we remember it all. We'd move on to a Bradzar quote, and he said, he's a real leader. He's a tremendous professional. He sets the standards of what we do in our dressing room. To reach 300 games for this club is an unbelievable achievement, but I think there's many more to go. Hopefully he goes on and hits 400 and beyond, so we will not see the end of Finner anytime yeah. soon, and thankfully as well. Obviously, I still prefer him in the middle. Um, I don't, you know, we're not fans of accommodating players, just playing them for the sake of it. But Finner does do a job, more than a job, and in his position, he's our captain and he leads the team. So it's it's great to see him still motoring on and playing there. But personally, mm. I would like to see him in the middle. I like to accommodate influential players rather than accommodate talented players. Yeah, I get you. I like that. Mm. That's a great show. Like your other quote mm. you gave me the other day that I'm using constantly in life now. I'd rather ask for forgiveness than permission yeah that is what my life is about right now I can do what I want <laughs> I've heard that a few times lately and it's just it's become my motto now. Oh, I'm loving it in absolutely ter- loving it in terms of where Finner is standing in like the modern era Derek Tracy played 450 games I think I don't have the all competitions Jesus 450 don't have the all competitions in front of me but I think he was 450 Robbo I know was definitely 350 Terry Palmer would have been upper in that range as well. So, I mean, Finner is, you're talking top four modern era appearances at the moment. Has to be, doesn't he? Mm. But let's talk about the goal. Let's talk about four minutes in and how much of a fantastic mm. team goal this was. 14 passes. Unbelievable. Now, we got a bit of luck. I think it ended mm. up hitting off Lafferty's flu and going in, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> they're, all, they're all, they all count. Yeah. This, this was a brilliant goal. Just got a bit of luck and it's what we need sometimes. Actually, until I watched the back, I didn't realise how much of a team, good team move it yeah, was. Yeah, believe it or not, yeah. I suppose I'll have to give him some sort of credit, but Mark Lynch, I saw his video, I think it was mm. called Pass and Move. Was this the cell stand cam? Yes, that was the yeah. one, ground level. That was the debut of the cell yeah. stand cam. But uh, obviously, yeah, in the end, it's a very fortuitous goal because it ricochets in off Lafferty. Mm. He had no idea really, did he? He just kind of yeah. followed it in. But he had to follow it in. He was in the right position. Just like he was against Cork. Exactly. He's, so, he's following everything in now. Bradshaw did praise his positioning skills. Yeah. He's more goals than Greener this season. Oh, Jesus. you serious. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Greener. <laughs> they love you. Yeah, so Dan Lafferty. Uh, our last three goals scored by our, our left back. So he scored the 499th. <laughs> The 500 and the 501st goal at Tata Stadium. More stats from the prof. Yeah. Did you like my 500 graphic? I did. It was excellent. Very See those? Easy to read. Good on the eye. Loads of cool info on it. That's what I like. Yeah. Great stuff. Um, the early goal though. How important is this? Oh, considering... The nerves. Like we spoke with the nerves beforehand. It just totally calmed things down. Considering so, the passing shells games. You just knew the further that went on. It was like... Ah, oh, we're not getting the breakthrough yep. today. But when we score after four minutes, it changes the game. We know, we are then in control. We know what we're doing. We know how to see these games out. We just need to get the goal. That's it. There's, and it's been tough lately. We haven't been able to get the goals. There's so much talk about about our goal scoring, our cutting edge, but I don't think it's talked about enough. We are extremely hard to beat. When we went one in front there, I, I can speak for a lot of people. I sat back and thought, well, we're not losing today. That's a relief. <laughs> like, 
what were the chances of Bowles over overturning that? Two one. No, Z- they zero. weren't. They zero weren't. I, no, I was a little bit skeptical. They could have equalized. They could have equalized. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So uh, after that, calm the nerves. Great stuff. Really, really happy with that. So moved on then, and then it just a bit of a could you say a non-event up until the penalty show. I thought, I thought we were decent. We were controlling the game. Yeah. We were stopping them from imposing their game on us. So it was it wasn't fantastic, but we were, thought we were in control. The cloud playing just pretty well became a thing. Then cloud came into play. We have to talk about this fourth panel claim. Um, this was this was the the tug was it a corner or something? Yeah, um, he was scales, pretty much stripping them. Scales involved in both of these claims. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those, isn't it? It's like, yeah, it is a penalty. Personally, I thought it was a free out. <laughs> so your man's all, he's like, Scales is trying to, you know, get by him and he's pushing his back up to kind of foul him with his back. <laughs> so he's trying to foul Scales with his jersey and wrap his arms around him. So it was an illegal approach from the player to try and get Scales' arms in his jersey so he can't get up for a header properly. So it was a free out. We like to call things down the middle here at Tifties. Uh, yeah, so shocking stuff. Ref got it right. He should have got shouldn't have Rio, but um three helicopters flew overhead gear. I think they were on the lookout for troublemakers like yourself. <laughs> yeah. uh, this was a great snap by George Kelly. Brilliant, wasn't it? Wasn't it? So he random. Tur- he turned it into black and white as well and he said hashtag solid defence. So that's that's two cracking photos we've had in recent times. One by George and the other by uh, who can remember his name now? Paul uh, McGrath. Pa, Paul McGrath. Yeah, Paul that's, McGrath. that's how he said it, remember. Fantastic Ooh. photograph. Ooh, ah, Paul McGrath. I tell you what, he can, he can snap, can't he? You should submit that to yeah, like Sportsful uh, yearly awards or something. I've already credited him on a couple of the really well-renowned photography sites online, so great stuff, Paul. We'll, we'll look forward to more of your snaps. Uh, 43, Prof. Lunny blazed over with a great run by... Grant and this Grant guy is starting to impress. He is uh he's nippy, he's yeah. got a great touch, he can finish. And uh he was he did cause some problems. He did cause some problems with those yeah. balls. Like it's pretty much like we said, they played to their strengths, they gave it to their wingers, they grafted in the middle. Whenever they got the ball, they gave it to their wingers, their wingers ran, and that was it. That's how they played the game and it didn't work for them. But they got some sort of it was fruitful at times. <laughs> But I think Grant was their main their main outlet. Twardick was in the pocket. Mm. I think of Grace. Grace did very well to deal with him. But Grant, a little bit, little bit more effective. They did have a 10-minute spell in the first half where they were on top. Yeah. And they actually were very impressive. I was just watching them thinking, it's like, okay, I see what the, see what the talk about this team is now. They're very good. But that did die down, though. Yeah, no, it's only, it's only so much you can do. It's only, mm. The same approach over and over and over. They didn't seem to have a plan B. And we just dealt with it then. We adapted, we adjusted, and we thought, okay, well, this is what they're going to do. They're going to hit diagonals. Diagonal, diagonal, diagonal. Go wide with it. Try and cut in. Bring in midfielders. Either slide ball through or have a shot. That's what it is. And then we dealt with it. We overcrowded the middle. We double teamed on Twardick when he came out wide. Grace mopped everything up. It was just a really good defensive performance in the first half in particular. Um was really, really happy with it. And we did see him up for it, didn't we? Yeah, they were well up for it. They always yeah. are. This team, and even, I'll tell you what a friend of mine said, who is involved in the League of Ireland club, and he said that, no, he gives us nothing, girl. <laughs> nothing. And he said, the respect that the players have for Bradzer, Bradzer is amazing. 
he said it's really really refreshing to see because every time they're looking to him and they're saying not every time not as if they're clueless on the pitch but they're looking they're like Gaffer what's next what do you want what do you want they really trust him they really trust Stephen Bradley they want to listen to him they want his advice and this is this is coming from an opposition coach who has no love for us he just thought it was really really refreshing and he said it doesn't see it that often so delighted with that Great to hear, yeah. But the first half performance in general, we got yeah, it done. Was yeah. happy with the to get it over with at that stage. I was like, okay, let's get in, get into the half, calm it down, come out into the next into the next half, and just see what we can do. I did kind of anticipate somewhat similar game to the one in Tata last year, where we finally got that win over them, where we did have to hold on a bit. And are you holding on? <laughs> we did. It happened in this game. We did hold on. They got a bit. Of, we'll talk about the towards the end of the game, but they did start to, to create some chances. But we had a Finner. He walked his way in and had a chance. What did you think of this? This was on the error mark. Yeah, uh, prob- maybe our best chance of the second half. Yeah, possibly. Uh, it was a good chance. And then three minutes later, this was the the biggest talking point of the game. Yeah. Now what I will say, right? Grant has this ability to trap a ball from a height. He did it in Finn Harps. He did it in Bally Bofi where. It, the, f- the ball comes in diagonal obviously diagonal ball comes in his first touch totally takes the defender out mm. totally takes them out and it's it's a very very hard thing to do very hard thing to do it's brilliant he's really really good at that it's so effective but then came Scales and he dive and headbutted Liam Scales and it was a free out <laughs> so he, realistically he should be getting booked for this because he's dived full on into him could have fractured his skull and we're, we're dealing with this with this so I mean the ref should have got the card out so he was the ref was terrible he should be booking Grant for this and I think he was rolling around in pain so this is what we're talking about once again unbiased here yeah but uh, no I, I've watched this 10 times now and I've genuinely tried to take off my hoop spectacles and uh, <laughs> available in the club shop uh, for 5 euro but uh I I I mean this like hand on heart here. I I think Scales is standing his ground here, and I think it's impossible for him to just vanish. Split second, wasn't How it? How does he get out of the way here? Wasn't it a split second? It'd be one thing if he like when you watch it in slow motion, it looks like maybe he's slightly leaning in, but I mean it's so slight. He's not like it's not a big obstruction. It's just he exactly. he existed. What does he do? Does he step out of the way so he doesn't foul him? There you go, Mister Grant. Have a goal. Or does he tackle him? Now, he didn't even have time to tackle. That's the thing. The collision, he didn't even have time to make a tackle. Exactly, they just yeah. collided together in the box. And it's... Oh, obviously, Bo's going to say that. It was Stonewall or some of the level-headed guys, if they have them. And their fans, they they might say it wasn't. But I... Take, no take of the piss. I don't yeah. think it was a penalty. At the time, I thought it was clear. And let's like, go, oh, right, let's yeah. go back to the scales one. I know it took the piss. That was a penalty. Oh, they're both scales, by the way. Yeah, the yeah. initial one. Yeah, he he was dragging out. He nearly had his top off. It was a penal. Let's be honest. Yeah, this one it, wasn't. This one wasn't. In my the eyes. first one is like if you pull someone's jersey from the neck yeah. and it nearly goes over the head. It's a foul. The first we, one we got away with. It. Deluded. You hardly ever see them given, though, do you? No, no, and it was right in front of him. But on the halfway line, the ref is like blows away. Blows but you could have you could have seen yeah. it as a tussle. Then again, I could yeah. watch it back again and I could see it as a tussle. So it's not all a mill point anyway because Twardak would just would have missed. I had an old cry afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> uh. 
And uh, someone quickly pointed out that uh, this was almost literally right on the spot where Lee Grace got a ball clean in the face in front of the south stand. Sorry, Prof. And got a red card. In the grid. In the mush. In the grid. In the bus. So you want to talk about karma? There. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's crazy, isn't it? It's amazing how the world works. Yeah. Just want to mention, actually... Uh, Another buzzword for the for the moment. Oh, karma. Um, I have not seen this clip back. Um, but there was a great... I, I would say our best move of the game. Even better than the goal. Where we worked our way into the box. Mm. And Jack maybe didn't quite see the opening. So he played it back. And then it got, play, it got played out... Uh, crossed to the right again and I was like oh well there's the opportunity gone and then within like 10 seconds was this a Watts drilled we, pass we into are, the middle I can't remember who it was have you noticed him doing that lately he's on the yeah. right and he's drilling in a pass into the centre forward like, from a cross position like the Burke goal against ah, Cork brilliant it's excellent yeah he's drilling it in like, and they must work on this because mm. it's an excellent excellent pass something well, you never I just really thought see. this was I thought this was a fantastic team move didn't lead ending unfortunately but I just thought this was a thing of beauty. I'd love to see that clip back. But uh, someone also pointed out that Jack seemed maybe hesitant to shoot on goal. There was a couple of opportunities where he was on the edge of the box mm. and he thought he was going to pull the trigger and he didn't. So yeah. is, is his back maybe still at him? Is something here where he can't put everything into his technique where he does shoot? Mm. I say get bring back the old haircut. I think that's possible. He's had as long as the, the, the COVID hairdo isn't doing it for him. I think it shave it off there and get back into the mode did he grow that for sponsorship reasons I don't know I don't know it's just ever since he's had the long longish hair it's just it's not it's not working for him <laughs> the bally box shuffle has to has to come back uh, yes this next one now Prof this had me up off the sea in possible terror and fear because it was a well worked move yeah. and then Mandrew got a hold of it on the edge of the box and I just thought to myself, this is fucking in. He was in the box. Right central. Just a little bit from the penalty spot. So what are we talking? He could have been 18 yards out. Maybe 16. Just a little bit in front of the penalty spot. Mm. And he drilled it right at Manus. And I was thinking to myself, you idiot. You had a whole goal to, to pick. And he you had, picked it at the biggest thing in the goal. A monster of a man. He had more he, time than he realised. Oh man. This was, this was like a John Minnick penalty. Against Milan, 1975. <laughs> yeah. This was like a pass back. This shot. This was their chance. Do you know when you when you're trailing behind and it's it's 15 minutes left, you always turn around. And someone says there'll be one chance. There'll be a chance. Mm. That was theirs. They had a, they had a few actually where oh they did actually they, they drilled it all they half chances you could say there. but uh, Mandrew was actually good when he came on so you're kind of wondering why haven't they been starting him but obviously. People have heard of the speculation around him at the moment. Like he's a nice left foot. What, that. what has Tony O'Donoghue started? Serious set of eyebrows. <laughs> what has Tod started here? I know. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder if it's credible. People treat it as fact now. I don't think Tony actually said it was fact. But here's the thing. It's insinuated, right? So let's 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 do a little bit of let's recall what happened in some recent events. So the gargled. The gargle gargle gay. He gets called out as being gargled instead of injured. He then releases a pretty scornful message on Twitter where he was unhappy and then Bowes apologised. Mm. T.O. Now, that was quick enough, wasn't it? How, how long did it take him to, 
the tweeter. Didn't take long. Andrew. So, yeah. Yeah, it was later that day. Wasn't so it? now you have explosion of rumours that he's going to Rovers. Where's the tweet? Where's the tweet to say this is untrue? I'm a Bowers player. I'm happy. Blah blah blah. Where's that? Let's delve deep into the mind of Danny Mandrew here. Why hasn't he tweeted yeah. saying this is the story? I am with Bowers. Blah blah. I blah, think blah. the agent told him to tweet that about the the gargle thing. I thought that was very telling that he came out and said anything at all because everyone knew it was a mistake and it was funny until he said that. Mm. Then it became a thing. But I definitely think that there's something there's something to the rumor. Antonio Tod wouldn't he wouldn't say that if there wasn't any inkling of truth to it. So um, yeah, be interesting. Be interesting to see what happens. Uh, the other chance you were talking about was the ball dropping the cork and Justin. So and when he came on, I thought to myself bollocks. This fella loves a goal against Rovers. He's been a thorn in side for a while before he got that bad injury. And when I saw him scoring against Cabotelli, I think it was, I just thought to myself, he's going to play against us. He's going to have at least one chance. But he couldn't put it away. He ended up scoring it. Hmm. This went up to, to block X. It's up an orbit with Jason Burns' penal. Up, yeah, two of them. Uh, hurtling through the air. So, uh, yeah, the, we were all very, very happy to see that into, into the orbit. They did put the pressure on that second half. We were we were under the cosh, absolutely. And uh they obviously feel they were worth the point. Maybe they were. But uh we dug in hell down. Yeah, no, I think I think we were well worth three points. Um They they couldn't come up with the goods, it's simple. They could not come up with the goods and they'll talk about refs and things like that, but karma is a bitch and it swings around about and they will not they they couldn't do it. They could not come up with the goods. And they, it was 11 v 11 So what's what's the excuse? Say the ref was bad Okay but what about The rest of the 88 minutes? Why couldn't you do it then? Easy to blame the ref Secret agent Tomney <laughs> But uh, um, This is probably my favourite quote of the weekend From Chef Ray Whelan Friend of the podcast Actually I don't think we should even say that Because we won't even come on If you don't come on You're more of an acquaintance Yeah an acquaint- um, Only friends come on Yeah yeah An acquaintance is even a, We're shooting a bit high there We'll have to think of something else Colleague, possibly. Um, so, Ray Whelan. See when there was a minute left in injury time and you're shitting yourself that they'll break and you're convinced yourself the worst possible outcome will happen. Then keep Buckley creams Ferrugia out of it for no reason in front of the dugouts and all is good again. You breathe a sigh of relief and the ref blows up. Thanks, Keith. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I couldn't believe when he did it. I was like, you fucking idiot. I can only imagine how frustrating that would have been for a Bowls fan. He had no reason to do it. He let, the, he let it get the better of him. And if you saw the meme that was going around of Borky, absolutely dicing two fellas. I think it was yeah. Buckley is running and the venom in his eyes, he's biting his lip. He just wants to fucking smash Borky. And Borky just clips out and goes through the bottom. Two of them are off getting chips in the chipper. Oh, hook that to be vain. Ah, oh, it was amazing. It was amazing. And uh, That was like the halfway line that... Uh, Buckley fell perfect halfway line in the 94th minute in front of the dugout everyone going aye 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 all the, bo- all the, the, the bench up nice one Keith <laughs> back on your bike yeah. you go see him squaring up to Gary O'Neill as well yeah Gary O'Neill's a good foot taller than him as well bit of a height difference bit there. of a height I didn't think yeah. Buckley was so small that's Bo's hero by the way Keith Buckley who fecked off the brave for a season when they offered some a few quid that's it uh, the money came knocking and he went out to the seaside simple as that mm-hmm. that's your hero that is your saving grace your captain who left you 
for a few quid. I am jealous about of Ray for one reason though. He he witnessed the Maloney jig. Maloney did a jig? Yeah, I didn't see this now, but apparently it was some sort of jig slash dad dance. I, at, at the I full need, time. I need to see this. If only there was footage of this, but uh We'll find some. Yeah. We'll get it. We'll delve deep. So um, you can just enjoy your weekend then, can't you? So when that full time whistle goes. Oh, weekend. And it's early in the day as well. Oh, flying. Flying for the day. Jesus Christ. Oh uh, and, and if the WhatsApp groups are at the go boy, nobody went home. <laughs> so um yeah, Bows have a poet, well we have a philosopher. And Lee Barnwall, once again, Pico Lopez consistently plays as he is doing for the next few years. He'll be the best centre-half I've seen at the club. He is a fucking monster at the moment and he is not giving the ball away. Not to mention driving out from the back at critical times. And this is something that we have touched on in the past. And he is. this is the most impressive improvement of a player I have ever seen in my time watching football. Absolutely. He came to us as a insecure, inexperienced Nervous centre half slash central midfielder playing in front of the back four. He is now turned into a tactical colossus and our possible next club captain. No offence to Finner, but that's just a prediction from my 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 uh, perspective. He is a man mountain, and we are very very lucky to have him. And Bradshaw needs cra- needs praise as well for uh, nurturing this guy and giving him the platform to go out as well so it's been an amazing mm. development it really has hasn't it I particularly like the point about driving out from the back because do you remember when Pico had the ball at his feet when he first came oh you'd be shitting him. you'd be shitting yourself and he, uh, a year or two ago I won't say who it was but we had a little birdie uh, in, the, <laughs> in the dressing room and that was actually the opposition's tactics let Pico have the ball yeah let him have the ball and that's that just shows you how much he's come mm. on. Now, Bows are looking at Pigo driving at them, and they're like, "Shit, he's he could set up a chance here." This or something. dude, this guy has has, has skills. Like, ah, yeah. oh, it's it's so it's just a it's a joy to watch. It really is. Having said that, I disagree with him being man of the match. I would actually give it to Liam Scales. I I personally I think I was going to give it to Grace, but it was one of the back three because they led. They were they were leaders of men, and Scales is just. He's just a Rolls Royce, isn't he? He's just so silky and a luxury. He's like, if he was chocolate, right? Flame scales was chocolate. I take this hair out of it. Can't compare him. He's not crunchy. What do you think he'd be? I think he'd be galaxy. Smooth, Smooth silky, yeah. just, just flamboyant. You know that little bit of little bit of luxury at the back. The playing galaxy as well. Maybe a ripple. A ripple. Maybe a ripple. Comparing footballers to chocolate bars here, bro. This this could be a whole segment next. Yeah, week, it could yeah. be. It's not bad. But he um, he was he was so good, and he just he's so calm under pressure. And sometimes you just think to yourself, "Fuck, kick it, will you? Stop mm. trying to hold on to the ball." That's what Pico was saying about Scales. He says he said I'd be shouting at him, saying, "Clear it," and mm-hmm. then Scales would just take it down calmly and play it away. Find the pass, Gary O'Neill yeah. in there. And Pico's like, "Oh, well, never mind." So excellent, excellent stuff. And we have to might as well go through. I mean, Gary O'Neill, um, as he was called by another League of Ireland player, Lateral Larry. Mm-hmm. Um, how how about that? How about how about those apples? How'd that work out? How'd that work out? This guy was heart and soul on of the midfield. And we we have to mention everybody because McInerney was 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 excellent again. And all these players, they all dug in deep as a team performance. It was fantastic. I have to say, Greener for me was brilliant. Did you see that pass on the left that found Jack? 
He was out on the left, possibly out on the wing towards where the dugout was, right? We were countering, and it wasn't really on. Like, we were trying to counter, and he sprung a ball from the left out right and oh, found Jack. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. I was up on my feet. I just thought he has had an excellent game here. Greener really did run himself to the ground, and it was a fantastic performance again. There's a couple of attacking players that are just undrappable now for derbies, and two of them are Greener and Gary O'Neill. Has to be Greener. Green are in every time and I know I've been a little bit critical of him lately but I'm hoping it's constructive do you know what I mean I'm hoping he's not he's not been on top of his game since the break but no but not a lot have though that's the mm. thing so it's it's it is a it's an all round thing but it's not as if we're we're shitting on the guy we're just mm. we're hoping we can get the real greener do you know what I mean but um, he's still putting in the work you know what I mean and he hasn't had the chances well, if you want to say that has he had he the chances? He did say that in my interview. He said, I've actually not had that many chances. Yeah. I mean, if you look back last year, our criticism was the obvious. He missed he missed chances at, at critical times, like in Bergen. And I think against Pass, he missed a big one when it was nil-nil. You know, they all started once. But since the break, how many has he actually had clear cut? Yeah, well, I, can't, I can't really think of them. Uh, one, maybe. Um, one against Tampa. Yeah. That's probably it. That's all I can think of. Like I said, I was only talking to one of the guys at work today and we were talking about like how horrible following the club is at the minute as regards to just not being there. It's just so hard to gauge anymore. You can't... It's hard to even do this. The show is lacking because we're not there. Well, you're there. But I, you don't see the little things anymore. You don't mm. see the little things where you're above in the south stand. You can see all the manoeuvres. You can see who's positioning themselves where... You don't see it anymore. And that's the things I miss. I miss seeing Grace t- talking to Pico, telling them to move out, or Pico having a word with Gary O'Neill, or somebody just moving where they should go. Like it's That's what I miss. It's funny, I'm actually learning more tactically than I ever have before, because I can hear everything Brazzer and yeah. the players are saying to each other. Prof's got the badges. Yeah. Prof's going to get the badges. Still young, Prof. My, well my, D, my D license is on the way. <laughs> D license, yeah. But the Bulls Twitter it said full time one nil two clear penalties denied and you can hook it to the veins. <laughs> now it was extremely satisfying, um, quite bitter. Loved it. Loved it. Yeah, it was very nice. That was nice. Thanks for that, lads. So we Johnny Ward as well. Johnny Ward. <laughs> Johnny Ward cracks me up. RTE match report opened with Shamrock Rovers rode their luck not for the first time this season. Second paragraph said the goal was a fluke. And Bowes had clear cut penalties denied. So, uh, yeah, like Bowes much, <laughs> Johnny. <laughs> Sometimes it just it comes out with Johnny, doesn't it? Yeah, he just Where he can't help himself. But you know what? He's good for the league. You need people like that because if he was just, as a, as a personality, I actually like Johnny. Yeah, Ward. he's good for the league. He is, but I I genuinely think he doesn't really watch football. I think he just watches <laughs> horse racing and then. Yeah. Likes the odd bit of football, you know. He does talk some shit. Ah, stop! But, but uh, he is good for the league. Brazzer said afterwards that there's different ways to win a game. He said that this was just winning a different way. He says this team has shown that, that they can win playing brilliantly and they can win when they have to dig in and that's a sign of a good team. He yep. says, I love this one, speaking to RTE. He says, sometimes you can't please people. You have all the possession and they give out. You win showing great character and organisation and they give out. Teams have come here and done that against us and been praised to the hilt for it. Mm. So that's it. That's definitely it. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah, they just shit all over that. us when we do when we do win win. Uh, grind it out. We grinded it out. So another Bowls anniversary round as well. 130 years of shame. 130 years of uh, 
accommodation of hostile forces and all sorts of scandal. So, uh, nicely ruined. Well, we already ruined their 100 year celebration of Daily Mount in 2001. Where Grant got the winner at that day. That was 2001. So, yeah, another anniversary ruined. Poor British Army. Devastating girl. <laughs> the tinfoil hats are well and truly on, Prof. Tom the ref, I think. Luke O'Reardon. I'm not sure what he does. But he had a very, very good post about um, the ultras, the ultras <laughs> the display being a dedication to Tommy. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Uh, that was yeah. good. Apparently, Uncle Dermo gave the ref a bung. Gave Uncle a, Dermo, yeah. yeah. Gave him a 50 euro voucher for the square. <laughs> uh, and uh, a foam finger. <laughs> Rover's foam finger. Hilarious thread on the LOI group chat as well. It was like, let them have their phony league. Oh, yeah, I'm getting that already tainted. Listen, nothing's won yet. Nothing's won, but it is tainted. That's what we're saying. That's what they're saying. Tainted, asterisks. I'm not even getting into that. Um, Mm. But we're five points clear with eight games to go. And it's like, it's 24 points on the table, man. Think about it. It's a lot to go. So let's not not get too uh, excited. It's pretty clear that realistically at this stage, our only genuine challengers are Sligo. Could you imagine? We wanted them to go down. Buckley playing four four two. Four four two. Devers are Devers on the on the right. DeVries on the left. Junior and I think uh, your man that we didn't sign, we signed Joel Costrain instead of him Coughlin playing up top. So it's interesting to see. Something that you'd never think Liam Buckley would do would play four four two. Um but we had Junior Hoops Supremo and our left wing legend John Cody. They ran into Pigo the next morning and they were out 40 footing in the sea and it's one of my favourite spots in Dublin. It's fantastic on a good day and you can have an old dip in the ocean. So Pico getting a bit of recovery and well, hopefully a couple of a few creamy points in town. That's what I love about this In and around the seaside. Now some uh, seafood chow down. The seafood chow down around there is absolutely stunning. So it's a great day out in the old 40 foot. And something we were thinking about doing and organising for charity as well. We are trying to get something going for a, well, uh, for a charity that we were uh, fond of. But yeah, some great stuff to see Pico out um, enjoying the win. So it's great about this league. You just you watch your hero out on the pitch, and then next day you go swimming and you, and you run into him. And then he's delivering your letters. Like and happy retirement as well to John Cody. John has retired from the post, and we are going to take that mantle and run with it. We're going to do you proud, Johnny boy, and uh, we're going to light a torch and just keep going, keep on posting, keep on posting for you. So John has retired. So happy retirement, John. We need an on post. Slash Rovers cake for him. On post hoops. Might as well get a flag done. So we Flinner. Once again, Pat Flynn, the legend. A big shout out to him because he delivered Carl Cairns' t-shirt to him personally. Knocked at his door and delivered his t-shirt. So that is the service that we are providing. But his tweet was, Nearly got to the FAI Cup final last year. Nearly got through to the next round of the Europa League last week. Nearly matched Rovers yesterday. If they gave out trophy for nearlys, Bowles be the greatest team of all time. <laughs> hashtag Kings of Moral Victories. Hashtag Dublin's Green and White. Hashtag Bowles won 30. So there was a Bowles fan who used to tweet us every week. But quite, yeah, he did, didn't he? He used to tweet us the all time when we'd have the derby and when they'd get their wins. And now it's just all gone very quiet. It's gone very quiet. It seems like he's gone quiet the last year or so. There's nothing Is to there say. A, what's coincided with that? Uh, COVID? Maybe COVID. No. Um... 2020 it's been like specifically a... since August 2019 to now 
How come he's been so bit quiet? Of a, something happened anyway, but I just yeah. can't put my finger on why he's been so quiet. It's interesting. He used to be every week, though. He, I know. He messages. Yeah, I know. I'm just, I miss him. I just want to just talk to him again. What, just reach out. Please reach out. <laughs> All those famous, I'm doing finger quotes here, famous wins against us that they've lived off for the last three or four years to help them finish a mighty third, fourth and fifth in the table. Yeah. Meanwhile, our wins against them has got us into a cup final and five points clear at the top of the table. Potentially to a league win. Very significant. If we do say so ourselves. And it wasn't a corner. It actually wasn't. But it was a penalty. <laughs> yes. So um, we are going to talk to our resident club philosopher. And we're, we're not talking to him. He's, he's At our request, he's delivered us a voice note of something that he said in a group chat yeah and it's it's quite it's quite the note so so our resident club philosopher and it's Barney it's fucking great lads I have to contain myself here because I feel like going on a session for a week those boys cunts have been patting themselves on the back for too long now as though they've achieved something remarkable creating this good guy bad guy narrated with rovers Using petty left-wing politics and hipster nonsense to promote their club while telling the world how wonderful they are for being fan-owned with no investors while neglecting to mention the fairly recent fraudulent, failed, multi-million euro business deals nor the signature of a convicted sex offender. And Rover's alleged crime, attracting a billionaire who wants to pump money into a youth system to develop players better than any club in the country have done before, all while our fans keep hold of 51% of our football club in an unprecedented hybrid model that Bowes would bash a granny again to have themselves. The reality is Bowes have achieved absolutely nothing, only the praise they laud on themselves which is just another aspect of their inferiority complex. Out of Europe at the first attempt and five points off the hoops with no trophies in over a decade, they can go on podcasts, social media, pat themselves on the back and pretend they've achieved something while the trophy cabinet gathers more dust than cobwebs. They've achieved fuck all and deep down they're absolutely sick to their stomach at where their club is at and where our club are operating. It's night and fucking day and the hoops are basking in the sunshine. Yeah, so that was... Uh, could you? I, I, I imagine them in a toga. Yeah. Top of a mountain top, with some sort of um, this, staff. This is the gospel according to staff. Robbers. Yeah, big beard, and he's just banging it. It's like you shall not pass, like, <laughs> something like that. You can imagine him. Well, we 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 talked about the new farm link earlier. That's one thing I do miss about the farm, and that's the long post by Northside Hubaholic. Yeah, Jesus. And it was great to find out who he finally was. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. I was like, yes. I think he had a picture of... As his as his forum photograph. Oh, man, if I get this wrong, I'm dead. Oh, that's going to kill me. He had a band. Well. It was a picture of a band. It's a black and white photo. Oh, it was a singer holding the microphone. Yeah, but yeah, who but was who was it? it? Was it the Smiths? No, it wasn't the Smiths. Who does he love? Ah, it's coming back to us. Yeah, you, you We're going to get crucified for this. You can tell us. We are going to get crucified, yeah. So next up we have Phelan Warren, a member of Rebel Band Catalpa and uh, all-round good Rovers man. So here he is. Okay, I'm joined now by Phelan Warren and uh, he's joining us live in studio today. He's not on the phone, thankfully. He's with us in person, so welcome. Thanks, Carl. Nice to be here. So I'm actually going to start with your dad, your your lovely tribute to him. Thanks. 
and uh, someone must have been cutting onions in here as well, as, as I was reading it, that's all I was saying. But uh, like all great men, he was from Crumlin, uh, Legden Road to be exact. Uh, so you were giving us some background on his on his football history. He was yeah. capped for Ireland at schoolboy level, yeah. played League of Ireland for Shells in the 50s. But yeah. there's a nice little Rovers link here as well, so tell us about that. Yeah, um, well, Dad was the, the baby of six, you know, big families back then, as as as, as was the norm. Uh, he was he was three three boys and three three girls. He was the youngest, as I say, of six. He was born in November nineteen thirty three. Um, but yeah, he was he got the book of football. Uh, he was he played from a very young age around in Mount Argus. Um, his first club would have been Rathfarnham, Saint Joseph's of Rathfarnham. He would have played schoolboy with them, um, and that's where he was spotted in about 49, 48, 49 was captain 1950 for for Ireland schoolboys and then joined shells um, and he when he was growing up he he as you said he grew up in Crumlin so he was boyhood pal of, of Shea Kyo the, who all, we all know is a Rovers legend and, and Irish international full international as we know and he sadly passed away recently he himself. passed away yeah. in a quirk of fate if, if you read the my piece on dad yeah. dad and Shay passed away on the on the same day on the 13th right, of April yeah. and reposed in the same funeral home up in, in Rathfarnham which was mm. a, a lovely a lovely end really it was very and um, I had I had been lucky enough to, to meet Shay in May 2019 because I know James Kyo Shay's son and dad had expressed a wish to, to see Shay again and they met in May 2019 for an hour and it was it was a wonderful experience for me to listen to the two of them talk about the old days the old rovers and the old matches the old players and all that so um yeah so it was it was it was quite a quirk of fate that that dad and Shay passed away the same day um, and dad also um was a friend of McMegan who was another great rovers player and uh, and he was a friend of Liam Tuey so my, my dad like again in those days I suppose in the locality you it was such a small world around around Dublin and especially around the areas of Kimmage and Crumlin. So, um, so you knew two former Ireland managers. He, and yeah, he was. As I said, he was a very very uh, understated man. He wasn't boastful, but that was one of his few boasts that he he knew. So he that was, came he, up a lot. He was friends with two Irish former Irish managers. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. He was he was very happy to talk about that. But he was very happy to talk about anything. He could talk for Ireland as well as play for Ireland. I mean, that you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what about the day that he marked his friend Liam too? He against Rovers yeah, at Hilltown. Yeah, that was that was a chasing experience. Literally, he was chasing and chasing Liam Tuohy for most of the game. Uh, Dad was a, a right back or a left back. Um, he was he could play with either foot, which was an asset I didn't. I wasn't blessed with it at all. Um, but yeah, Tuohy of course is on the wing, and my dad was marking him, but to no great, to no great. Uh, Degree as the two he scored twice on the day and uh, yeah it was I think that played about a half a dozen games for the first team, um, and you know he uh, yeah he remembers he remembers it for the wrong reasons but uh, look at he had no regrets he he did the best he could and uh, you know he 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 played the best he could he had a good career and then in amateur football when he left Shells he played for Jacobs at a, at a fairly high level as well so um, and he did, did some refereeing when he finished when he finished playing with Jacobs so the football was seeping through his blood as, as it is mine you know I definitely inherited my, my dad's passion and, and commitment to, to, to football no question about that and as you said in the article you had a bit of a soft spot for Rovers Paddy Cold in particular he did yeah he, me, me uncle Steve who I, who I mentioned in the programme Steve now lives down, he's lived out down that loan for some time he's, he's, he'll be 99 in November my uncle Steve and he's still hale and hearty he still backs his horses and still reads the papers and still like my dad great man for the chat uh, Steve used to bring my dad to, to the matches in Milltown my dad would have been what about 15 years younger than 12 or 13 years younger than Steve so Steve would have brought him along um, to Milltown when 
meal times be packed back in them days of course and uh, yeah my dad loved the Colts Colts he was just thought they were amazing just the way they, they approached the games it was when maybe the opposition would come out with one football Paddy Colts team would come out with half a dozen balls or eight balls and they'd be warming up and it'd be a v- vigorous warm up from what my dad tells me and you know within 20 minutes half an hour they'd be a goal or two in front just such was the, the sharpness they'd have would be completely way above the opposition you know weaker opposition in the first half an hour they'd blow them away so I mean my dad loved Colts team yeah, absolutely he, was, he thought they were brilliant your dad, or you went with your dad to see Ireland play uh, USSR at, at Euro '88. That was our was Ireland's very first tournament finals yeah. that we reached under the late Jack Sheldon. And uh, we've seen a couple of hoops on major TV stations in recent times. We had Sean Condren on BBC News, yes, talking about the upcoming Milan game, and we had yourself on RTE after the death of Jack Sheldon. Yeah. And you're a member of You Boys in Green, so is that why you were asked to make an appearance? Um, yeah, it, I suppose, yeah. Um, I've been with YBIG since, what, 2005 or six or thereabouts, but it's actually um, the reason I was on the news was, around here. I think he went down to Ring's End and he was, he was talking to people around in Ring's End, but actually my cousin gave, gave Colin O'Sullivan my phone number because she knew I'd, I'd been, you know, to Euro 88 and Italian 90, USA 94. Yeah. So it was it was it was thanks to it's to Ashling really that I got the I got the RTE appearance yeah so again I wasn't going to turn it down really you know if, if, if people want to come to me to talk that's fine I'll I'll talk to them so it was nice to have Colin come over and you know we while Jack's style didn't uh, appeal to everybody for obvious reasons and for good reasons um, the trips were some of the best times of, of your life really you know it was Euro eighty eight in particular it was the first one the first time we'd qualified and I'm old enough to remember when we got cheated out of getting the finals with bad refereeing and just bad playing bad luck and all that so um, so it was nice it was a nice honour to be asked to, to remember Jack and uh, there were, yeah there were the best times of your life to be an Ireland fan no question about that brilliant uh, we've just seen a former Rovers manager take charge of the Ireland team this past week Stephen Kenny seems like such a long time ago now 8 years he was here yeah, yeah. But, uh, he's after starting with a draw and a defeat but as people pointed out Charlton and McCarthy had slow enough mm. starts as well mm. But I suppose the only difference is this Euro playoff is only a month away and he's, mm. he'll be judging that, won't he? He will. Um, that's the nature of the game, I suppose, nowadays. It's, it's, it's whether international football, you can have a quick fix. International football is debatable. A lot of clubs look for a quick fix, as we know. International football, you're only with the players for two or three days. I mean, Kenny had about two or three sessions for the two matches. Mm. It's, 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 I was listening to Vinnie Perth on Off the Ball there earlier and... I have to agree with Vinny's kind of outlook would be a little bit that this is a journey. This can't be just about qualifying for, for the Euros next year. Brilliant and all as it will be being in Ireland, two games in Ireland. But we, we have to give Kenny a degree of, 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 of leeway, a bit of rope. If we don't qualify for the Euros, it's not the end of the world. It'd be disappointing, but it's not the end of the world. If, if, we're, if we're going to change the, our philosophy or our identity from direct style, long ball game, to, to be on the front foot more and higher up the pitch and all that, I think that's a good thing. I think that's what we want to see. Or certainly what I want to see. We're all we've all been come really tired of, of, you know, uh, the media, foreign media and foreign managers and players saying, "Oh, Ireland are fantastic, uh, passionate and play, you know, mm. play to the end." Great yeah. fight and great, great fight. Yeah, I'm sick of hearing about. I'm sick of yeah. hearing that. We 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 do have players who can play if if we have to organise correctly, and it's it's not going to take. It's not going to be done in six months. It's going to be two or three or four years. We McCarthy did that. He changed the philosophy of Jack Style. It took McCarthy five years to get us to a finals. It took McCarthy eight games to win one game. 
you know, you had the likes of Ian Hart coming on in the mm. after the Bulgaria game, one game, and saying it's all very well capping players, it's all about winning. But Hart was part of that team that McCarthy, you know, McCarthy gave Hart his debut in his fourth game against Bolivia. Mm. And it took Hart another four games to win a bloody match. And he's coming on Twitter slating Kenny after one game. And this is bullshit. So mm. we have to be patient with, with the Irish, with, with Kenny. And again, it's, it's, it's not the end of the world, as, as Vinnie Perth said, if we don't qualify for the Euros. Give the man a bit of time. And this is, as all his hoops are listening to this, we know how badly it went under Kenny. And it it, mm. it, 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 it doesn't pain me to say it, but that's, it, it, I still can't really... I still can't really fathom why it didn't work out at Rovers. You know, I, I haven't had the inside track. Plenty more people would have more of an inside track than I had, whether he lost the dressing room or whether the players quickly turn on Kenny, I don't know. But these things happen in football. It just it just didn't go for Kenny, whatever circumstances it was. If where the board acted too quickly, again, that's just, you know, theories are thrown out. But it didn't work out for Kenny. Uh, it's taken us a while to recover from, 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 from the Michael O'Neill era. We're getting there. But, but getting back to Kenny... You know, I think he's a good manager, and I think he deserves his crack at it. And he should be given a decent crack at it, and, and not to be people, you know, already thrown in that it's he should be not sacked already. But people are already questioning his credentials. Probably mm. e- EPL fanboys and and people who don't watch League of Ireland or don't know Kenny and all this. Well, that was uh, my next question: the credentials thing. Do you feel similar the way you might have felt when Brian Kerr took over that it would be good for a League of Ireland manager yeah. to succeed at international level? Yeah, to kind of dismiss this ignorance. That's of course, it's, it's ignorance, Carl. Yeah. It's completely ignorance. And I was delighted to hear and and Stevens, you know, um, coming to the defence of Kenny, saying that was his journey, and and Stevens' journey was left Rovers, didn't work out for Villa had his loan spells in lower divisions. Then Paul Cook rejuvenated him. And then he, he then uh, Wilder then took him into Sheffield United and he's brought them all the way up. And Enda has come from... I, I, when, I was, when we were playing U, Juve in 2010, my nephews were at one of the... who were young at the time. I said, see that? Enda Stevens. I said, this is back in 20, 2011, I said to him. Or 20, yeah, 2011 he left, wasn't he? Yeah, he left in 2011. And mm-hmm. I said to them, at the Copenhagen game actually, I said, see that? Enda Stevens, he's going to play for Ireland. And, and and I firmly believe that, and even that he dropped down, you know. Thankfully, his career got resurrected. As, as Enda said, that was his journey back to the top, and Stephen Kenny's journey to the Irish job has been his journey, be it in League of Ireland or when he managed in Scotland, didn't really happen from there. He brought Dunfermline, I think it was, to a final, yeah. um, which was a, a great achievement. Nearly kept them up, but he's a good manager. It didn't work out for him at Rovers. It, he's a good manager. Brian Kerr was a great manager. Kerr deserved his chance. He had his chance, maybe not as long a chance as he deserved. He, clearly, John Delaney didn't rate him. Um, hopefully, the only time I'm going to mention John Delaney during this interview <laughs> or effort again um, until I read the book by Mark Tyke, which I can't wait for. Um, but no, Kerr deserved his chance. It didn't work out for him. Um, and Kenny deserves, you know, way beyond the Euros. You've got to give him a proper chance. And mm. I, think, I, I think that will, I think he'll be given that chance as well. Yeah. So on uh, social media, uh, Rovers announced this. They said, Following a successful trial of the new technology on Saturday, we're delighted to say that we will offer audio-described commentary for all remaining games, all remaining home and away games, where possible. The service is provided by club fans volunteering their time working in association with the National Council for the Blind. Hashtag access for all. So, uh, Phelan, you're involved with this. You said on Twitter that you had mm. great listenership numbers for that Bowls match. Over a thousand people yeah. tuned in at one stage or another. So, yeah. tell us how the service came about and how you got involved. Yeah, um, in February, um, the club announced on 
through through the, through the Facebook and Twitter that um, that the Iona Resource Centre um, with the national the NCBI had reached out to Rovers and I think to other clubs to provide um, commentary for visually impaired fans at the games before the big C hit. Um, so in other words, they were inviting blind or visually impaired people. And I'm allowed, by the way, I'm allowed to use the word blind because I ask this on the course. <laughs> it's not pejorative. Um, but basically, what it was piloted, I think, by Bowles. And again, it's probably the only time I'll give any sort of credit to Bowles because we don't do that on this show. Um, the NCBI and the Iona, the Iona Resource Centre had piloted this with Bowles that they got supporters in, visually impaired, and it was, as you said there, audio descriptive commentary, whereby they would sit in a group of 10 or 12, or how many was there, they'd all have headsets on, and there'd be a, a, a trained commentator in audio descriptive commentary going through the match. So they'd feel part of the match. They'd feel the tension rising in the, in the crowd. They could, yeah. hear the, they could hear the whistle blown, they could hear the songs, they could, this, the commentator would describe you know, as action as clearly as you can, the surroundings, whether it's a bad night or whether it's their fireworks or if their fans are jumping up and down or if there's disagreements on the touchline or no or whatever. Um, so to get back to how it began, yeah, the, the NCBI approached the club and the club asked for volunteers to be trained in the audio descriptive commentary. So six of us uh, six of us replied, um, who they did said they didn't mind mentioning their names tonight, which is Dennis Donahue, uh, David Hanley, Garrett Cook, Barry Kavanagh, Maria Talbot and myself. So the six of us attended a course in February in Tallah Stadium. Um, and the, we had two trainers from the NCBI, um, Maggie Richardson and James Flanagan, who was co-commentating with me at the Bowes game because he's a Bowes fan. Mm-hmm. Um, so they gave us a, a one-day training course in, in the audio descriptive commentary. And how did people find the training? Does some adapt to it better than others? Or Yeah, well, sadly, as it, the... The, we were all set to go after the the, the Finn Hearts game was the first game it was going to be rolled out like we we, all, oh, okay. we we were all trained in we were all invited to commentate for 10 minutes on the Barcelona Real Madrid game and it, the key to this commentary is map the ball map the ball you, you don't necessarily have to know the players names but just map the ball is it near side is it far side rather than on the right or on the left right, yeah. is it in the middle third is it in the defensive third or is it in the attacking third not high up the pitch or inside left, inside right. It's it's you've got to. They don't know what inside right is or inside left. It's as I say, middle third, attacking third, defensive third, far side, near side. So it's map the ball, map the ball, map the ball. So it's it's very very challenging mentally yeah. to to do this. And um, so we were encouraged to when uh, when the course finished to watch a match at home and commentate ourselves. And that's that's where you get it really. It's like most things you practice and you you. It, it hasn't become second nature to me yet because Saturday was the first game that was able to do it. But it's it's I say it's mapped the ball, describe what's going on. Um, you know there was disagreement at the end, and I had to you know make sure to remember. Oh, Trevor Crowley's gone mad here. Verbally, he was hmm. the bit of verbals at the end there. Um, you know whether it's a high ball, long ball, whether the player has space in front of him. You know where's the corner from? Is it from the far side? Is it from the near side? Who's in the penalty area? You know, so it's so you have to adjust your thinking a bit. Very much, oh, yeah. very much so. As as and I had some some nice advice from Con Murphy as well, and and Con um, Con said it's so different to TV commentary, whereas you mm. can just say you know Jack Bourne to whoever 
and that's a good ball in it's a goal that's not the way it works with audio descriptive it's Jack Burns on the ball plays it to his left he's got the ball comes into the area and the header comes in from blah blah and the keeper dives to his right so you, you don't Con Murphy doesn't have to say that on the box so yeah. it's, it's very challenging it's very challenging but I found it really rewarding now it was, I got a great kick out of it um, and I was at first 15 minutes we took it in 15 minutes lots James took 15 minutes I took the second 15 minutes this is James Flanagan James the Flanagan the co- yeah, yeah. yeah he, he's um he took the first 15 minutes, so as well as, watch, as well as watching the match, I was kind of listening to how he was describing it. So again, we all have our own different styles, but I was able to pick up a little bit of, of his, uh, you know, what to what, what to make sure we include. So it's, What's it's a, that dynamic like? Is he is one a colour commentator who sort of has more expert opinion, or are you both providing a similar... Service? No, well, we're encouraged to be biased. We're, encu- this, mm. we're encouraged to be, you know, you're a Rovers fan, so, mm. and when we have people in, when we do get people in, um, we're encouraged to be make it fun, make it intense, be mm. be excited, get excited, commentator, get excited, get the fans excited. So yeah. if you're if you're a Rovers fan, be a Rovers fan as well as a commentator. Um, be careful with the language. You you might have younger <laughs> fans there listening, but it's, be biased. There's no problem about being. And I think and mm. um, the feedback I got from from Dennis and who was there, he says you could tell you were a Rovers fan without you didn't rub the other guy's nose in it basically. But, yeah. you know, but I was commentating from. There was still banter. We had a bit, yeah. We had yeah. a bit of banter, yeah. But uh, he was, he was, he was beginning to scream the last fifteen minutes, so I, <laughs> I couldn't really, yeah, uh, I, I couldn't do that to him. He's a nice fella, so I couldn't really rub his nose in it too much. But uh, it was great when the final whistle finally went on Saturday. Yeah, it's but funny it because Khan often gets compliments for how unbiased um, and yeah. professional he remains yeah. when he's doing air sport. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, you have a license to sort of? We have a license to yeah. be a hoops fan, very much so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, people who know me from going to the matches, uh, my language is not the, the, is not the best at watching matches. And in my career as a manager, when I managed, yeah, I, uh, keeping keeping the swear words to a minimum was was a new experience for me at, the, at commentating. And I thought I think I did pretty well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the club was heavily promoting it all week beforehand, yeah. which was nice to see. And yeah, uh, the quote from James himself actually says, this is another step on the road for having full inclusiveness in the League of Ireland. Despite not having fans there for such a huge game, uh, to have this on offer is amazing. So it is a brilliant initiative, isn't it? Fantastic. And it's absolutely, you know, f- full gratitude and, and credit to, 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 to the club and Mark for, for you know, for, for buying into it and for, for the club investing in the equipment which is still gathering dust for the last six months we haven't been able to use it um, obviously we, we can't get fans in but no all, all, all credit to, to, to Mark and, and, the, and the board for, for, for buying into it and, and uh, making it a possibility but I mean we're, we live in an all inclusive world now as much as we can and, and, and for just to come back to the the, 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 the Bose pilot we, they were explaining to us like it, it's not only for people who've been who've been visually impaired since birth or blind since birth it's people who were able to see and who attended matches and when they went blind, stopped going. But mm. now they're they're drifting back because yeah. they feel part of the experience again, and that's very important. And and they and they've 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 given the feedback to, to James that they're delighted to be back at matches because they 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 lost that when when they just there was nothing there for them, and now it's there for them, and they, they feel very much part of the, the match experience, and that's that's brilliant. You did get some nice feedback actually, including one Pat Flynn. <laughs> he was complimentary. That must have felt nice. That was still, yeah, yeah, that was brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's always nice yeah. to hear from Flinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I suppose on a personal note for you, that was your first live game yeah. in six months. Like yeah. most people, you've been watching at home on the streaming yeah. service. So how tough did you find it being kept away from the games? Like everyone, Carl, it's a fucking nightmare. Really and truly. It's, I, was, I was only watching watching back when I was 
before Saturday's match, I was just practicing to to do the radio commentary, and I was watching the Rovers Dundalk game, the three two game. Mm. And my God, it was just such a brilliant occasion, a brilliant night. The match was just unbelievable. The two teams going hammer and tongs. The atmosphere in the ground, the people just the, the Rovers, the unity in the crowd, the nearly a full house in front of the RTE cameras. And then to think, little did we know at that game when you're, you're I'm hugging Alan Keane beside me when Jack Byrne scored, and and, and six months on, you, we, we, you haven't been able to hug one person. You haven't been able to hug your family. You couldn't even hug my family when my dad died. It, it, like it's just things have changed so much, and, and to be away from the matches was yeah, like the rest of us, just a fucking nightmare, awful, awful. And even though I was so delighted to be at the game Saturday and, and commentating and working, um, to be looking out at Rovers and Bowes teams warming up. And there's only like a handful of people in the ground who are who, mm. who are obliged who are working there. Um, shite, really, you know. Yeah. And I uh, pray to God now we restrictions will be lifted soon sooner. I'm not holding my breath. We've got seven or eight matches mm. left this season. I don't see the government allowing it for the rest of the season. Um, there's supposed but, to be some sort of announcement on Monday, perhaps, where they allow some crowds back in. Uh, but they, they should. I, I really and I, I understand people. You know their fears and government's fears and and. But and some grounds aren't up to speed, are up, aren't up to scratch for social distancing. But when it's in, in Tallah Stadium, because of the circumstances, it gave you a chance to look around. And Tallah Stadium, to me, is ideal for social distancing. It's got so mm. many entrances, so many exits, seating arrangements, the logistics of getting to the getting to the ground, getting into the ground, getting out of the ground. It's 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 easily doable, in my opinion. Mm. Easily doable. I even saw someone on Twitter say even a hundred. A hundred per thousand seats, or some some real like that. I mean, yeah. we've got an eight thousand seater yeah. stadium. It's, yeah. it's crazy. It's yeah. true. It's true. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. So I suppose the balls game itself. What mm. the, obviously delighted with the win. What yeah. do you think of the performance? Yeah, I thought in the first half, um, obviously the early goal obviously always makes a big difference to the outcome of matches. Um, I thought we started really well. Um, I thought um, what I no- really noticed was. That we went long from Manus all the time. I think Bradzer, in fairness, has learned we got ourselves into trouble against Bow so many times trying to play out from the back. Mm. The couple of penalties we gave away in Daily Mount a couple of years ago spring to mind, and some of the you know heart attack moments in 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 Dallas Stadium. So I thought that was interesting that we didn't invite Bowes on to to the high press, but I thought we were we were really at it. Some of the dirty games we lost last year and the year before, we let them dictate the early pace of the game um, but I thought we did it on Saturday much better than they did I thought they were very they were they were poor I thought in the first half an hour and we were well worth our one in the lead certainly and we could and should have been probably more by half time I thought I said it to Justin Mason at half time I thought we were well in control 1-0 was the least we deserved um, but I knew then I, but I was prepared for that both couldn't have played much worse than, than they did in the first half we played well without being at our best we're still not at our best really since we've come back from the from 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 lockdown, um, but we we played well enough and we were well worth our one the lead. But both in fairness, they did up it in the second half. Um, made a couple of couple of uh, we were probably lucky with the scales penalty. I thought that was a penalty. Some people were saying the first the first one was more blatant. I was quite close to the first half one. I thought they were both maybe pulling at each other, but I thought mm. the scales one in the second half. If that had happened to Jack Bourne. I think we'd have been held for a penalty, and I thought mm. that's my opinion that it was a penalty. But 
look at we've been done by penalties. As we know, I'm not convinced the was. I think he he was standing his ground. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah. It's a fair point, but yeah, just I thought it was. I thought it would have been would have been yeah. given. I, I thought, was convinced it was going to be. I thought given. I thought he'd lifted yeah. his. I thought um, what's his name, the ref uh, Tomley yeah. had had lifted his whistle to his mouth and put it down. So yeah, I think he, he was thinking about but, it. But it, as, as we know, we were we were fucking done by penalties. You know, last year with Lee Grace hitting the face and all that. So, well, me and Gary will be talking about it later on the show, but. It was almost literally the same spot where Lee Grace was hit in the face. Yeah, yeah. In front of the south stand. Yeah, yeah. So what goes around yeah. comes around. Yeah, what goes around comes around, exactly. Um, as I said, but, and Bowes had a good, a better go in the second half, but there were only a couple of really long shots went over the bar. Um, we we could have maybe been a bit more clinical in the second half as well with, with our, in the last tour, but we're, we're just not really far in the way we were pre, pre-lockdown. But that gives me confidence that we can, once we got the Bowes game out of the way and now we're five points clear, and we've don't have to worry about the cup now in November. Touchwood now we'll 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 get our mojo packed down in Cork on Friday. Yeah. And then bring on Milan then the following week. <laughs> <laughs> well the the hoodoo seems to be uh, well and truly a thing of the past at this stage. Uh cash your mind back to yeah. that horrible run of eight games, like yeah. what would you say the low point was and did you ever worry your brother might not even be able to put an end to it? Yeah, yeah, I think we all did. Um even even like what I remember, Brazil's first league game was three uh, one in July twenty sixteen when Sean mm. Boyd scored that brilliant goal. Yeah, that was his first league game, and we all thought, oh, "This is great." And then we went on that hard run. Was it one one draw in ten? I think and nine defeats. Was it? Would that be? I think it was one point eight games. One point eight games. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we all had doubts that Brazil would turn it around. Um, but in fairness, the, the the board were resolute. For you know, they were they were they didn't listen to us to us, and thankfully they didn't. And personally, yeah, I I was I I did I thought Brad's time was up as well. Now I wasn't going, you know, I wasn't going getting promising I'd get it to two if if we won something. But you know, um, but I didn't think it, it was going to happen for Brazzer. Um, I thought once he did, um, but we could see progress. We twenty seventeen maybe not so much. Twenty eighteen, I thought we saw progress. I thought we were going the right direction if the board held their nerve, and they did. And twenty nineteen, we saw, we really saw this this Bradzer's you know patience and hard work, an eye for the player, an eye for a character. More importantly, I think that really showed last year in twenty nineteen the way we got Jackie in and we were playing different brand of football. We had we were solid. We had not only eleven players, we had sixteen, seventeen players. All fucking singing off the same hymn sheet. Nobody throwing toys out of pram. We'd no non triers. We'd no fellas who you could say he's not pulling his weight. Every single one of that squad in 2019, they were fucking 100. percent And and the the cup was was the cup win. It was fantastic for us. 32 years was a long time to wait. But that that squad last year, they just thoroughly deserved to win something. Yeah. Um, the league could have been ours circumstances we were very unlucky in those three or four games crucial games to the, the match we two sent off against Bowes you the know. greatest penalty referred to yeah yeah and we just we just with three or four games got away from us they probably wouldn't get away from us now this year because I think the cup win is really pushing this team on and, and we haven't been beaten all season um, well, speaking of the cup win it's tradition now on this show every time I have someone on I ask them about their day, their experience yeah. of the Aviva. So, what was your personal experience? Well, it was magic, wasn't it? It was absolutely magic. Um, from an early, from early on, you were you were just so so excited. I I brought I brought me two nephews as well. They're 
they they mainly play GA, but they love they love the game and they love they love football. Um, thought they're now twenty. 22 and 19 now so they were you know so they're, they're old enough to, to know what was going on and old enough to have a point with now that's uh, Dara and Tom they're from Rohini and uh, my sister's two of my sister's boys so they they were with me and uh, um, just from, from getting off the Lewis so I, I got the Lewis down to the point I live in Talla and got the Lewis to the point and I was only crossing and just as I was crossing the bridge there at the point you could already hear the singing at Ring's End it was just a oh, fucking deadly and I just walked up to Ring's End, and it was just like a big, a big, a big street party with, with shaking hands and hugging and having a drink and fireworks, the flares, and just the atmosphere down Ring's End. This is this is this is special. This is a, this is a, this we can't we can't lose this game. Just we just can't from 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 a, from every single point of view. There's the build up. The teams played so well this year. League got away from us. Played brilliant in Europe. Um, playing brilliant football. Um, Dundalk awaiting us. We hadn't beaten Dundalk in the league, but it just felt just if the cards were falling right for us on the day. And as I say, the atmosphere down Ring's End was just fucking brilliant. And then the performance in the final itself, um, the better team without doubt on the day. Um, sh- should have won it in normal time. Um, you get the penalty with two minutes to go and you score it, and uh, you're jumping around and hugging everyone, screaming and bawling and. Uh, then Duffy scores that fucking signal mm. and that's I hadn't felt you've been following this club a long time have you ever felt that sick only probably we probably discussed this before on, on, on the Rovers chat as probably the sickest since mm. uh, uh, Sport and Fingal beat us in 2010 yeah. 2-1 in that game but I think I think the cup the desolation was probably worse because it was so fucking close to the end of getting near two hands in the cup after 32 years so it, you just sat back and and you know, it was just fucking hell. Didn't say anything for about two minutes. Just shaking my head. Just shaking my head. And uh, but as as Joey said, or as they all said, they just regrouped in the huddle and said, "Look, mm-hmm. okay, there's Dundalk has scored. Put it behind us. We can still win it again." And uh, I thought the performance in extra time was was brilliant. Really, so disciplined, man. Especially by our guest last week, Mister Mister Greg Roger. was Greg was superb, and, and but everybody on the day played a part. But, but Greg, yeah, Greg, Greg was outstanding in in, uh, in extra time. The, the whole team again, they all dug in. Uh, you know, t- teams of lesser character conceding that goal so close to full time could have been still in their heads first ten minutes in extra time. Not with <laughs> our fellas, they just were again, and it happened again in the European match there last week. Thanks to Ray Whelan for seeing the extra time, they dug in, and as Brazzer said, they just these guys are have made a strong stuff mentally, really, really <coughs> strong mentally, and uh, and you just felt like the European game, like in the cup final, Big Al's going to save at least one, and uh, and our penalties were clinical, and God, mm. when 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 Gary rolled that penalty in there at the end, brilliant, beautiful feeling. Most people my age, of course, had never had never seen it before. Uh, you yeah. had seen us win, yeah. Uh, three cups in the eighties. Yeah, yeah. uh, when was your first ever Rovers game? First ever Rovers game. Well, Dad had brought me to. Would have brought us when we were quite small, as I said in the program. When Everton came in nineteen seventy, I was there, but I don't remember it. Um, other than being there, um, I just remember the stands in Milltown, but I don't remember the game. As a fan, I started going. I suppose as a fan, my late brother Miles, who who died only four years ago at age fifty four. He he started going. He was the first of the family. He was the eldest of the family. So Milo would have started going when Giles came back so he would have gone with his mates and then I would have tagged along once or twice with Milo um, 
but the first time I started going on my own bat or on my bike or on the bus or whatever with school pals probably 79 uh, we played at Lone I think it might have been in a Tyler Cup game which Tyler Cup used to be the All-Ireland Cup Yeah, uh, we lost 1-0 and it was at Milltown and it was shite but I went back the next week that's it <laughs> you know that that's how you get it you just you just go and you see the beautiful pitch in Milltown and okay yeah we lost 1-0 and it was shite but I love football I was playing football at the time and you now I had a chance to watch it every every second week in Milltown and that was from 79 on started going yeah that was it I was 13 then 1979 yeah so then we had the four in a row and we yeah. had Milltown everyone knows that story yeah. but uh, one thing I wanted to ask you about was you you were a contributor to the Glenmalur Gazette <laughs> yeah. so uh, what do you remember from that time oh my god that's I've forgotten about that now that you brought it up yeah the <laughs> Glenmalur Gazette I'm who was the brainchild behind it was? I remember uh, John Conroy. I think John Conroy used to ask me to do just, you know, satirical piss-taking pieces. So I, <laughs> so I did. I did. Um, I can barely remember what they were about most of the time. I do remember doing one um, one interview. And so there used to be an ITV interviewer called Nick Owen. And uh, he used to do interview footballers. So I did an, an interview with uh, Stick Owen. And it was the Knacker Norman, Norman Whiteside, and Black Pearl interview with Paul McGrath. Obviously, Paul McGrath and Norman Whiteside, you know, with their well documented drinking uh, <laughs> drinking episode. So it was just a piss taking interview with Nick Owen interviewing McGrath and Whiteside, and it all ends up in a scrap and all that. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I just, uh, what was I there? That was back in, that was back when we left Milltown. So it was probably 88, 89. I was writing mm. for the, the Gazette, did maybe four or five pieces for the Lemonore Gazette, and uh, just having a bit of a laugh, you know, a bit of crack. That does sound like a funny drinking episode, but it doesn't sound <laughs> as funny as the Ricky McAvoy one in uh, 89 in Donegal, Disco Edition. You don't remember that one? You'll have to refresh your memory of, yeah. It was Ricky and Andy Did I wrote? Uh, no, I don't know if you wrote it. Oh, no, it was an episode, uh, was it? Yeah. yeah. Okay, Ricky with the big hair, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, Ricky yeah. and Andy Moore caught drinking before the game against, oh, I can't remember the name now. What was yeah. that non-league team from Donegal we played? Fanad. Fanad, yeah. Yeah. Caught drinking the night before in the nightclub right. and then dropped for the game. Okay. So there was a big page in the Glenmore Gazette okay. about it, calling yeah. them out on it. And it was absolutely hilarious. <laughs> uh, there were good yeah. times with some, there was some very funny stuff in it and uh, especially the especially the taking the piss out of balls, you know, and yeah, yeah. Rocky O'Brien, why not and all that. It was, yeah. some, of it was, some of it was very fucking abusive, but it was very funny. <laughs> we, were, we were on a 23 game unbeaten run against balls. That's at the right. time and the, was manager, it was yeah. a big headline Biddy must stay remember that one alright yeah 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 we had Mick Conroy and Jace Maloney on for the 30th anniversary there yeah. a couple of years ago yeah. uh, Mick was a cartoonist Jason was a contributor uh, yeah. as well yeah, Mick so. was a cartoonist yeah okay yeah, they were telling yeah. us all about the little office they used to work out of okay. and all yeah, okay. yeah they were great times yeah. yeah great times so Milan are you looking forward to this yeah. well it's as I said on Twitter it's it's uh, it's probably the only time that in 2020 that you'd be pissed off for getting Milan. You know, just from a financial point of view, the financial benefits of the club are not going to materialise. You know, f- no fans at it. Um, it's a fantastic draw for the players and it's a one-off and we can all dream that something, football throws up these most unlikeliest of scenarios. Why not? Why can't we dream? It's unlikely. But when have when have how, how many matches have you heard? Ah, that's not going to happen, and it happens. Mm. Um, it's huge. It's massive. It's it's hopefully it'll, hopefully as many people on television can see it, whether a national TV station gets it or 
that's up to the club, I suppose, who, again, I don't know about these things, or who, who gets the licence to show it. I just hope that, um, and I think we will, the players will, will give them a game. I just don't see this, this Rovers, the, this Rovers vintage is, they're strong mentally, um, apart from Cavo and uh, Gaffney, I think are still out, and, and Greg is still out, but everyone, everyone else is available, hopefully between now and then. This is a this is a strong group of players, and I really think we'll give them a game. Um, but it, I'm just so sad that we won't. You know, the fans. I, I'm the the club is it hasn't committed to whether there'll be audio commentary at it. That's fine. Um, it's just such a pain to hold that you know the, our members, season ticket holders, mm. walk ups can't see it. It's just a pain to hold. It really is. And we obviously miss out on the trip to the San Siro. And look at I. I wish I could go tomorrow away. I, I haven't. I, the last time I was away with Rovers was Tottenham. I wish I could travel more, even to the away games. Circumstances dictate I can't go to you know I can't travel to the, the likes of Corks and Harps domestically. I just can't do it. Um, but I know I'd have gotten I'd have gotten license to go to Milan if 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 mm. I had been two legs. There's no question I'd have been I'd have been in Milan. But it's not to be. But it's yeah, it's not the end of the world. Is hopefully hopefully by next by next year things will have changed and uh, hoops on tour can happen again and and we can get. And get people through the turn starts again and, and go back to the way we were. Hopefully we can. That's that's who can who can who can predict that now? Who can predict anything after what's happened the last six months? So I'm sure Spurs will be a contender in this question. Uh, your favourite away yeah. day of all time? Certainly, of the, the few Rovers, I was just it went to Celtic Park when we played Rovers in the when we when Celtic played Rovers in '86 in the European Cup when the mm. Celtic won one at Milltown. Yeah. A patently unsafe Milltown with the temporary stand that was erected. Uh, how how nobody fell off that that night or it didn't collapse. I'll never know. Um, yeah, I went to Celtic Park for that one. It was a brilliant day, and being a Celtic fan as well was that was special. But but being in my art lane that night in September 2011 was just oh, was fucking brilliant. The, just the volume of Rovers fans and the noise. It was a glorious day, as we all know. It was the sun was splitting the stones, and everyone everyone was on the jar that day, and. Just that when you got into I was a few minutes late getting into the ground because of the crush getting in the, the we all left it a bit late to get into the ground I was about five minutes late getting into the into the stadium but just you looked around that end and it was fucking rovers everywhere and the noise and then then taking the lead like that was just yeah special I mean if I was in Stuttgart in '88 you know I was in Giant Stadium in '94 saw Kevin Sheedy scoring our first World Cup goal for Ireland but certainly White Hart Lane is up there no no question magic what a night what a trip. I went for two nights to London. Uh, mate of mine in London put me up for the two nights, so it was, that's two fantastic nights. But just uh, those 10 minutes or 15 minutes that we were ahead in White Hart Lane, I'll take that to the grave, yeah. Absolutely fucking brilliant. Brilliant, yeah. So last question. Give us your favourite ever Rowers player, pre and post Tala. Oh, pre Tala, Pat Bourne. Yeah, without question. Without question, Pat Bourne. Um, he was just a heartbeat at a four-year-old team. Um, I hate comparing players of any you know of any era, but if if people hadn't seen Pat Bourne playing our younger our younger fans who would remember he he was similar maybe in stature and in in attitude to Roy Keane middle of midfield led by example inspiration up and down the park rarely gave the ball away got his foot in bullied referees probably bullied his own teammates but what a what a leader Pat Bourne what a player technically brilliant um, great passer as I say free kicks Pat Bourne it was a great team Jim McLaughlin assembled but I think if you don't have Pat Bourne you don't have four in a row so 
Patborn pre Tala, yeah, head and shoulders. Uh, so was it my favourite player or the best player? Uh, your favourite. Fa- favourite Tala Twiggy, and possibly of all time. Just the man, just ah, oh, just gold. Just do his, just his. From day one, scoring that goal against Logo in the first game in Tala, he just took he took us to our hearts and we took him to ours and just he just scored literally for fun he'd score a goal a tap in and he'd be off you know in the usual exuberant twiggy style of celebration and we just loved him for it and the, he, he never he always got important goals he wasn't the, he wasn't the big time scorer he'd be two or three up and he'd get the next two he'd get the the opening goal of the game the one you, nails the one nails or the two ones or get see an equaliser that really changed the course of the game Twig was he's, he's, he scored the big goals sadly he didn't score in Europe but that was that was different Um we, we excelled in Europe despite Twiggy not scoring because of the team we had and team of leaders we had yeah, and we haven't had that team of leaders since yeah. then until we have now that t- Mike McNeil's team was full of leaders and Bradford's team now is full of leaders but yeah to answer the question again favourite player talent Twiggy and possibly off the mall yeah love Twig as we all do yeah well, Fedon, thanks a million for coming in. Uh, I was told beforehand that you're a quiet fella. Uh, <laughs> not in my experience. Today, not about football anyway, Carol. No, but, uh, no, yeah. no, thanks a million. Pleasure. Thanks. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, some great memories there from Fedon. Yeah, very Once again, he has spawned from the hotbed of talent that is coming. Very enjoyable interview that was. Really good for, stuff for there. Anyway, but, great to uh, hear him uh, being so um, in, invested in, in the new... Mm. Uh, Venture that we have with helping people who are yeah. partially blind. So I was interested in that whole process. He even name dropped who was, who who interviewed for. So uh, that, that was fascinating, but uh, yeah, Phelan. It's, it's an Irish name. He's the only Phelan I know, but he he says it means always good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hopefully he's living yeah, up to his name. The origin of it, and just a correction. Kuldaff, uh, that was that Donegal non-league team the we cup. did play Fanon though didn't we we did in the league cup yeah but the, that's one I was trying to think of and uh, he, got, he got some nice feedback from, from his uh, his commentary uh, Pat Flynn said he listened to him all the way home from Waterford he said he was brilliant George Long said I listened to it myself as I don't have air sport excellent commentary I have to say sounded like you've been doing it for a while fair played yourself in the Bose commentator and it is a lot more intricate than regular commentating because you have to go in so detail into detail, like intricate detail. So, um, yeah, fair play to mm. Phelan. And as I mentioned, uh, Phelan was on RTE, Sean was on BBC, but no one, absolutely nobody, is a bigger media whore <laughs> than Gary Parsons. No, this is, see this prof. Now, now appearing on Goggle. Listen, you can talk to me, agent. If you want to, I actually shouldn't even be here right now. <laughs> I should be somewhere else. Should be represented by my agent. You want to talk to me? You can deal with him, right? Is this show basically like a stepping stone to something else? Though? I've hit the pinnacle. You, you have bigger plans. Tales is the pinnacle of it all. <laughs> That's I'm, I'm where I want to be. This is just a, <laughs> it's just a bit of crack. Wait and see. Oh man, I hope they don't air half the shit they fucking filmed. Oh god. Um, just later there's points involved, and it was a long day, so <laughs> uh, it should be interesting. So, um, yeah, and that was after. I was a very happy man. I was after the derby as well. So, <laughs> how did that gobshite get on the television? <laughs> so, Sligo up the tour place after the win over Harps, and we spoke about it already. And uh, once again, Ollie Horgan sent to the stand in the socks. 
Um, nine men, they went down to, he said it wasn't a dirty game, it was a derby. And once again, love Ollie Horgan, talking some sense. Paul Hegarty is basically their manager now. Yeah, he is, isn't he? You'd want to be getting a pay rise, wouldn't you? Jumped up to manager at this stage. But uh, unfortunately, our league is over next month, so... Um, it's crazy. It's weird. Yeah, it's crazy. Like I said, it's been an, it's been an absolute batshit crazy year, so... At least you've got the cup afterwards. Yeah, we do. Something to look forward to. It's a nice bonus. But then again, how long is the... How long will the gap be between the league? We're talking October... I think it's a couple December, of weeks. Four months. It's a long time. Mm. Well, let's just enjoy it while we can. Um, Jim Patterson talked about the Rover spell on the Talking Fippa podcast. <laughs> you could a great name. Give that one a go there. You give that one a go. Your, your, actually, your uh, accents are quite good. Talking Fippa. Talking Fippa. That was a bit of an Edinburgh one there. Yeah, so great to hear Jim reminisce about his time at Rovers. I actually haven't got around to listen to this yet. I probably will today. But uh, I heard one quote. He was talking about Aubameyang Martins. He said something like, uh, "Start." I, wa- I was older than him, and then by the time of the game, he was younger than yeah. me. Sorry, I got that backwards. But you know what I mean. But either way, yeah, very interesting. And we're all Rochdale fans now, Prof. Uh, I follow them on Twitter, so you follow them on Twitter. And Gambazunu is starting. And you know what always looks good when you don't play in the English Football League Cup in the Johnson's paint joke. When you don't play in that, that's good. He's been starting for them. He's been playing well. He kept a, a go. He uh, kept the two clean sheets. Um, I'm officially a Rochdale fan. And when mm. Gavin fucks off, I'm gone. It's out my own air. You're joining but, uh, Jim Conroy and the late Big Dick. Yeah, it's great to watch. It really is because he's such a nice guy. He was so great with us, and he's a really good player. So Ireland's next number one playing for Rochdale. Can't wait to keep an eye on him. So our kit man Mal Slattery is working with Stephen Kenny and the Ireland team, reuniting them from the 2012 season here. And if there was ever a reunion that I never thought would happen, <laughs> it's this. Yeah, it's a strange one, isn't it? You know, that's nothing against Mal; he's fantastic. But I thought there could have been a little bit of bad blood there because didn't Kenny come in and just absolutely fucking obliterate the backroom team? He did. Yeah, I, I, um, you think I'd remember this because I interviewed Mal. But uh, no, he was never present with us. Mal, I think it was Jerry Byrne who uh, who got the axe. That was his one year of being an absentee. Great to see Mal get another gig, though. It's a really uh, that's a, that's a, it's a fantastic one. Who who got sacked? Superman wasn't that was his name? Dick oh, Super Dick. Dick Dick Redmond. Yeah, so that's him gone. And um, yeah, congrats to Mal and uh, good luck in the with your with your new role. The Rise and Fall of John Delaney book is out next week and Prof, this is going to be hot off the presses. Hot cakes. It's going to be revealing. It's going to be brilliant. I cannot wait to see John Delaney get shot on. It's going to be fantastic. He's going to be hiding in his little fox hall now in London. This is long overdue. I heard he's the litigious type so he could be uh, in a bit of trouble. Imagine how many card orders and junctions. (sighs) It's coming out. Had to go through. It's coming out. Obviously they weren't adhered to so it's coming out. Can't wait. Absolutely brilliant read it's going to be. Side note as well, just to show that even though Delaney's long gone, the FAI is still going to FAI. And that is the press conference for the Finland game was held on Saturday sometime around 2 o'clock. Stephen Kane's press conference. That's great, isn't it? Great consideration for the league. Biggest game in domestic football. Hmm. And they have Quinn... No, Quinn as well, another thing. He was doing our our first game, our first FAI game with Kenny as manager. Quinn is a part of the FAI, am I right? 
big part of it now. Maybe he's gone. Could have relinquished Quinn. his role, yeah. Quinn just left, yeah. No, Quinn just left. But he still took a Nixer to commentate on a different game instead of being anywhere near the FAO Cup game. I don't know. That just thinks thinks of something for me. I don't know. It shows you. He's gone. It was a quick quick tenure as well. He's gone already. But like, I heard Tony O'Donoghue say that he uh, he kind of missed some of the League of Ireland action because of the time on that press conference. I was at Rollstone for the media event and I heard one of the lads say, uh, oh, I might not make it now because I have to cover Ireland. You're taking away coverage mm. of our league. It's crazy. It's crazy. It, it makes no sense. And Sean Rovers too were beaten at home twice, unfortunately, in the past week. 2-1 by Longford on Friday and 1-0 by Cove Ramblers on Monday. But uh, I wouldn't be too disheartened about this because there's some good performances in there and some really good young players looking to get involved in the first team. So, uh, yeah, really, really... Um, it's not too... It wouldn't be too disheartened, Prof. It's a shame we couldn't be coachy balls. Yeah, coachy balls. <laughs> not even worth talking about, man. Just going to move on. At 15 years of age, 206 days, Prof, this is an excellent finish as well. Kevin Zeffi is believed to be the youngest League of Ireland goalscorer of all time. Beating the previous record set by Limerick, Steve McGann, 2010, by almost half a year. This was a superb finish, by the way. Yeah. Check it out, it's online. Um, I added the word believe there because unless someone out there actually has date of birth records from the 1920s, we can't say this with any certainty. Yeah. So we just have to go with the flow on this one. But yeah, yeah, he is. Let's take it. He is the youngest goal scorer of all time. Kevin Zevi, superb finish. Top corner on the right foot. From an angle as well. Dino still looking for his first senior goal in the Hoops jersey. I think it's coming, prof. Yep. Corners cross. Let's go. But uh, yeah, so the weekend's underage results. We have the 15s versus Bray. And they won 2-1 with Thomas Morgan and Sam Kurtz banging home the goals. The 19s. Galway United. They beat them 2-0 away. They had... Oh, Prof, what are you doing? <laughs> There's two Zs in this. What are you doing this to me? It's, it's too early. I'm gonna start with Dean McEnemy. McMenemy. Jan Brzezowski. Ah, I did well there. Mike Wazowski. There we go. Jan Jan Brzezowski, and he got the other goal. Good luck with the women's player coming up next. <laughs> you love this, don't you? <laughs> One of the 70s ladies. Sligo three three. A uh, slobber knocker of a game. Jamie Thompson, Jesse Stapleton, that's it. So that's all I got the goals. That's, that's only two though. Who's the uh, third? Vic, Vicky Goris, Vicky Gorsitska. I'm gonna go with that. I'm gonna go with the C as an S. So Vicky Gorsitska. Tomer would know. If you ask him. Prof, you have got the stats. There is a mathematician, a different kind of mathematician, and a statistician. Stats out. <laughs> so y'all know about the four in a row in the eighties. Got a new four in a row, Gar. Fuck the balls, we won four in a row. Yep. So that's our best run against them since a run of five in 1990. Oh! And four dollars win the just keeps doing it. Yep. One Stephen Bradley. <laughs> Remember them singing that? Uh, it's only the second time in history that we've beaten balls four times in a row, all with clean sheets. <laughs> second time ever. One Stephen Bradley. <laughs> the other... The other was a run of five in the 1950s. And you said at the top of the show, our first clean sweep in 30 years. Bowles had only done it twice since then. 92, 93 and 2008. So it's rare. A derby clean sweep is very rare. Oh yeah. So we're looking to go a record 10 games unbeaten against Cork. Uh, previous record. Jesus, 10 games. We've equaled the record from 2012 to 13. That was nine. 
and we have three wins in a row over them for the first time since 95. Looking for four now for the first time since we won all eight of our first meetings in the mid-80s when Cork City were formed. Prof with the stats. And last one, Pigo set to make his 100th league appearance for Rollers. Oh, brilliant. Against Cork away, Turner's Cross. Yep. We were thinking about going down and rushing the gates. The whack was the, the instigator here. but The old train journey. The old, old school. train journey, yeah. Classic, classic stuff. So that's the prof and the stats for this week. And next up, it is the starting 11s and predictions. <laughs> Okay, so uh, what do we do here, Prof? We've got Manus and goal, but who do we drop? Scales after such a big performance? We put Joey back in. Are we thinking about Milan? It's a coin toss at this stage. I think Scales deserves to stay in, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately, is that even... Should, is that even a, should we even say it like that? Like I'm going to keep Scales, Grace and Pico in. I think they, both deserve, I think they all deserve to play. Uh, I'm going to have those three at the back. I'm going to play Lafferty because he's the form man at the minute. You can't drop Laff. I'm going to keep Finn there. Can we uh, play Joey for the B team, by the way? No. Like, is that possible? So. Jesus, no. I don't think so. I wouldn't even risk him. No, but we're allowed a first team player. Poor fella to go through someone and then <laughs> dislocate the shoulder. You know, I don't want to do that. It'd be funny to see him out there with like 15-year-olds. No. <laughs> <laughs> Mincing them. <laughs> Missing their junior cert, no. Yeah. So, uh, I'm going to go Gary O'Neill, McInef, Jack Bourne. So that's three midfielders. And then Borky and Greener. I think that's a strong team. That's a strong, unchanged team. So it's pretty much 3 5 2. So Pico, Scales, Grace on the left, Laugh on the right, Finn, O'Neill, McAnef, Jack, Borky, yeah, Borky and Greener. I don't really want to change the team either for the next two games Cork and Milan. It's kind of hard to change, isn't it? Yeah, I'm, I'm just keeping scales in because he was so good. And that's just football. You you miss a game, someone plays well, they step in. That's just it. No, nothing against I mean, Joey was phenomenal against Hill. Yes. Yeah. It's just unfortunate. But scales was phenomenal against Bowles. Yeah, it's so hard, isn't it? So but that's, you can't, there's no dropping sca- uh, Grace or Pico either. So. And my prediction, Prof, it's a tough one. Down and Turner's Cross against a, like a... They'll be up for it. They'll be up for it, no doubt about it. Um... God, I'm going to say a 2-0, a goal in each half. I'm going to say Dean Williams to come on and break his duck. And a goal for uh, McAniff, because he scores belters all the time and he scored a cracker down there before. I'm going to say a surprisingly comfortable 3-0. Oh, get in there, prof, you're loving it. See, the, see Graham Cummins retired. Yeah, he's just got fed up. He's like, you know what, I'm, not, I'm done. They signed him back as a centre-back. And then he played he one game and he says, fuck this, <laughs> I'm out. He was our top scorer last season and he left midway through for us. Oh, God. And five goals. Terrible. Shocking. But listen, good luck to him mm. and uh, in his media career because that seems, seems to be the way he's going. I saw one of the lads put up today, four years ago today, the 5-0 home defeat to Cork in the FBI Cup. Remember that? Remember Tomer? Remember what he was, what was he doing? No, Tomer wasn't in for that one. Was it not Tomer? That would have been... Was Tomer not in goal when he went out to the right-hand side? Would have been Barry Murphy. Or was it the 3-0? Was it the 3-0 I'm thinking of? Where I arrived late and I just saw Tomer fluffing it on the sideline. Was that Maguire? Yeah. Do you remember the one? It was terrible. Was that? I think that was Tomer. 
Maybe it's yeah, a different that, result. That, that was, was that the train? Right. I think it was a different result. The other one I'm talking about, probably mixing them up with that one. Remember? Jesus. He was awful that day. Yeah, but anyway. Yeah, so we were anticipating this government announcement on Monday about sporting intenses. The GAA might save us after all, <laughs> Imagine. Imagine we'll take it. Will we come on the show and thank the GAA? No, will that ever happen? Not a chance. Not a chance, prof. But uh, that is it for this week. And thank you for listening. And we will look forward to the next couple of weeks because it is crunch time, prof. And um, yeah, so that is it. So stay safe and keep on hoping. See ya. One, Stephen Bradley. a man who leads a life of danger To everyone he meets He stays a stranger With every move he makes Another chance he takes Odds are he won't live to see tomorrow Secret agent man Secret agent man Taking away your name Beware of pretty faces that you find A pretty face can hide an evil mind Oh, be careful what you say Or you'll give yourself away Odds are you won't live to see tomorrow